to glory to glory. The radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 13. You know, listening to K-Wave Radio in our car the other day. How many people listen to K-Wave Radio? Can I see it? Wow, praise God. But we were listening to K-Wave a few weeks ago, and as we're listening, there was some kind of glitch. I don't know if you, when you were listening, did you realize it was like repeating itself, you know? Someone would talk, and it would repeat, and so we're like, is that a radio? So we went to another station, you know? We went to the nearest station, and we found another station just to check it out, if it's the airwaves or whatever, you know? And, and we went on there, and there was this lady talking about, she says, you know, she goes, I sense that something big is on the horizon, and she says, all my friends are sensing that something big, like that something apocalyptic is coming our way. That's what she said. And I'm like, this is a secular radio station. So that's our favorite radio. We tune into this station now. No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> that in the psychic station. No, we don't listen. <laughs> but even the secular world is sensing that something big is coming because guess what? Something very big is coming. Revelation chapter 13 is coming. There's nothing that we can do to stop it. As I mentioned, he won't be alone. If you look at the, in the first verse still, uh, these 10 horns represent 10 kings. We know that because of Revelation 17 verse 12 tells us that. So 10 horns, they represent 10 kings or 10 rulers. So there'll be a, conf- a, a confederacy of nations, you know, this global thing that uh, everybody's talking about. It's going to take place. When you hear politicians talk about, you know, we're, let's unite globally and all. This is, you know, fueled by the Antichrist. This is fueled by the devil that all these nations come together because it's not of God. But it will happen. I didn't want to skip this as I do a summary. I, I wanted to make sure that we understood uh, this leopard and this bear. It says, now the beast which I saw, verse 2, was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. What does this mean? I believe it matches up perfectly with Daniel chapter 7. And I would suggest for extra homework, if you want to understand this chapter even a little bit better, we don't have time to go through the whole chapter. But basically in Daniel chapter 7, it says, uh, it talks about world empires that would come up. Now, this was a prophecy. Daniel was prophesying of these world empires that would come and they would rise up and he names them. And he, he talks about these different empires and the symbol of the, the leopard is the Grecian empire that would rise up. And then the bear is the Medo-Persian empire that would rise up. And the lion was the Babylonian empire. So really, it's the Babylonian empire that that was first. And then they were invaded. And then the Medo-Persian empire, uh, they rose up. And then the Grecian empire came. And so I believe that because he's going to be a world leader, and in uh, John sees them that he saw he was like a leopard, his feet were like a bear. I believe that these world empires that existed at one time in the past, they're all going to come together. And it's going to be, all these nations are going to all come together as one, but the dictator will be this Antichrist. He will be the wild beast. He will be the one that's going to be in control of all these nations. It's going to happen. Verse 3, though, I don't want to pass this up before we get into our topic Verse 3, it says, And I saw one of his heads as if it had a mortal wound, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Many believe that what's going to happen is there's going to be an assassination attempt against this world leader. He'll probably be shot, and uh, they'll, I believe it's going to be a fake 
resurrection. They're going to they're gonna say he rose from the dead. He was dead and now he's alive. And who is like this man that can't even be killed? And so it, I believe this mortal wound, you know, he's going to be shot and it's going to look like he's dead or maybe even demonically, maybe he'll die. And then when Satan enters him, he'll, he'll, he'll rise with, uh, with the spirit of Satan inside of him. I don't know exactly, but I know for sure they're going to follow this beast because they're going to marvel at what's going to take place as he supposedly he rises up from the dead. Verse 7 tells us, I didn't put it up on the screen, that he'll have power over the saints and overcome them. Some people look at that and say, well, see, the church is going to be here during the time of the tribulation. It says that, you know, he's going to come against the saints and he's going to, over, he's going to overcome them. No, this is the tribulation saints. We're going to be in heaven during this time. And I can say amen to that. Verse 11 tells us there's another beast. I believe this is the false prophet in verse 11. He's going to lead people to worship the first beast, the Antichrist. He's going to cause people to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Without this mark, you will not be able to buy or sell. I find it very interesting that we have the technology today for this with the microchip and all that we have. Did you guys read that, uh, that we gave away the overseeing of the Internet to the United Nations? I mean, that's not even making big news, but we're, we've given over the Internet. The United States of America has given over the Internet over to the United Nations. And people are like, really? Yes. So it's all in the works, and they're working on it. But I, I was told that it was given over completely, but then there's all kinds of news out. But basically, that to me, this is, it's all falling in line because they, there needs to be one you know, system where we can track everybody and put everyone on the same system. So if you're here today, can I tell you something? Don't take the mark, okay? If you're not a Christian. So but the verse I really would like to zone in on, the 10th verse. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience. So we talk about patience and the faith of the saints. And you might say, well, what does all that mean? Well, I put another translation up just to help to bring a little understanding. In this translation, it says, the people of God who are destined for prison will be arrested and taken away. Those destined for death will be killed. But do not be dismayed, for here is your opportunity for endurance or patience and confidence. This doesn't mean too much to us uh, today, but it's going to mean a lot to the tribulation saints. They're going to read this and they're going to have direction. It, it tells them that if you're here during the time of tribulation, basically don't, you know, pick up arms, don't fight, don't try to fight this. You're going to be overtaken by the enemy. So if you're led into captivity, go into captivity. If you want to kill by the sword, or by the sword if you want to get a gun and start shooting people, you're just going to get shot. But it's an opportunity to have patience and realize God is in control. Even during the time of tribulation, it says this is the patience and the confidence or the trust that they're going to have. They're going to have such trust, and God will be with them and carry them through that time. And they can be patient in knowing, okay, this is already called for. You see, you can't stop the word of God. What, what the word of God says, it's going to happen no matter what you do. So but basically, this verse is going to help the tribulation saints to, to say, oh, guess what? We're going to be overcome by the Antichrist. We're going to be locked up. We're going to be put in prison. We're going, to, we're going to be killed for our faith. But God already told us it's going to happen. Let's just use this as an opportunity to show our faith and to show our patience. And we won't be rattled. 
And though it doesn't have application for us during the tribulation period, I think it has plenty of application for us now. That when tribulation comes, when, when difficult time comes, we can have faith and patience knowing that, that God is on the throne. God has told us in this world we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have, not the, we're not going to go through the great tribulation, but in this world we will have tribulation. We're going to have difficult times. But we can be patient and we can endure and we can trust that God's on the throne. Be patient. It's so awesome. Tuesday night I, I shared how about a year ago I went to a, a council meeting, a city council meeting. And as I was there, they had somebody get up from the, the interfaith council, right? So they, the person gets up and they pray. They pray over the city council, nothing in Jesus' name. And a couple of times I've gone there and they're like, kumbaya, hum, bum, and you just bless them and do this. And we're just still all so spiritual. And, and, and that's all. And every time I, I go to the city council, it, it just, inside of me, it just irks me. And I'm like, in Jesus' name, pray in the name of Jesus, because there's no power in any other name. And these are our city officials. That's the mayor of Huntington Beach. These are the city officials. They need to be prayed over in Jesus' name. They need the wisdom and the knowledge of God to be able to, to make decisions for this city. Amen? So I remember walking out of there, and every time I would go, I would just walk out, and I would just be so stirred up. I'm like, Lord, I'd like to do that. I want to pray in Jesus' name. They need to have someone to pray in Jesus' name. And just recently, a, a friend of mine, he's a, he's a, a planning commissioner for the city, and he's running for city council, uh, Patrick Brendan. And I mentioned to him, I said, oh, I would love to do an invocation. I would love to do that prayer over the city, you know. And he, and he says, well, Joe, you know, I'm running for city council. If I'm mayor, I want you to be the one that's praying and do my invocation. I said, yes. Well, he just recently had an event, and he says, Joe, can you come and can you pray, do the invocation over my event? And I said, I would love to. So I'm just like, Lord, you know, you put this in my heart like a, a year ago, and you've been stirring me up the last few months, and now I get a chance to go there, and I go to this event, the mayor's there, the, the mayor that's going to, uh, the former mayor's, one of the former mayors there, another mayor that in December, she's going to get sworn in, and she was there, and I get up, and I pray over this event, I pray over Patrick Brendan and his wife, Anto, and I'm just like, God, you're so good, in the name of Jesus, just bless them, and, and raise them up, he's a conservative, he loves the Lord, and just, you know, touch this man, you know, I'm like, so blessed. I'm just sitting down thinking, Lord, this is an answer to prayer. This is so good. Well, check this out. Patrick gets up in front of everybody, and he says, you know, I, I went through a difficult time. You know, politics can be real tough, and it's real tough on my wife. You know, it's pretty vicious. And he said, I, as I was going through this difficult time, he says, Pastor Joe gave me a scripture out of Romans chapter 13. He goes, uh, Pastor Joe, can you share with everybody Romans chapter 13? <laughs> And I'm looking at my wife and thinking, am I in a dream right now or is this real? <laughs> and I said, sure. I said, yeah, Romans 13 tells us that it's God who appoints people into government. And basically, those that are in government are ministers of God. And basically, if God is for you, who can be against you? And if you're following the ways of the Lord. And I did a little mini, teeny, mini sermon right there in front of all the people. But it was in my heart over a year ago. And I'm, I'm saying that, you know, sometimes we need to be patient. Because God will fulfill his purposes and his perfect timing. If he's placed something on your heart, just trust. He'll accomplish it. Be patient. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Be patient. Wait for the Lord. Awesome verse that goes with this. Psalm 37, 4. You know this one. 
And I believe this is for someone today, the Lord, because I'm looking at this, the Lord, I know this verse, I've, I've quoted this, I know this, and, but the Lord, I believe, is saying this is for someone here today. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You just delight yourself in the Lord. He's going to put his desire in your heart, and he's going to accomplish that desire. But look at the next verse. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he, do you notice that? He shall bring it to pass. You commit your way to the Lord. You give your your life to the Lord. You give your work to the Lord. You give your marriage to the Lord. You give your house to the Lord. You give everything to the Lord. You commit all your ways to the Lord. And then you trust him with it. And you can guarantee he shall bring it to pass. He'll put his desires in your heart and he'll bring it to pass. He'll accomplish it. He'll bring it about in his timing. About four weeks before I was married to my beautiful wife over there, Kathleen, we went to a a missions conference in Austria. They have it at a castle, if you've ever been there. It's just so beautiful. It's a beautiful castle that overlooks the lake, and it's just a a wonderful place to be. And I I remember being there thinking, Lord, what a wonderful place to court my, my wife to be. And this is just so beautiful. But while we're there... There was, you know, I don't know, remember how many pastors were there. Just hundreds of pastors, I think. There was just, you know, from all over. Just so wonderful. But a few of the pastors and the pastor's wife, they're trying to talk us into getting married right there in the castle before we got, went back to California. And I thought it was the greatest thing. You know, I'm thinking, honey, let's do this. And she's like, no, be patient. I'm like, honey, in a castle? I mean, we could tell people we got married in a castle. And she's like, be patient. Then one of the pastor's wife, she says, you know what, we'll give you our room. You can even have your honeymoon suite in our place, and we'll stay in the dorms where you guys are staying. I'm like, honey, this is God. (laughs) In a castle. And I remember she just kept saying, be patient. It's okay. You know, people are going to be there waiting for us. We have the ceremony all set up. We've got, you know, the, the groomsmen, the, the, my, my bridesmaid. I said, we can still do all that. It's okay. You know, let's, but be patient. Proverbs 14, 29 says, a patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. A patient man has great understanding. Do you ever notice when you get nervous or you get worried or you get anxious, you lose understanding? Do you ever notice that? But when you're patient about things, when things come your way and you don't allow it to get you all stirred up and anxious and excited or fearful or dreadful, you have great understanding. You're able to you know, make wise decisions even during the most difficult times of your life. You can make good decisions because... A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. As we talk about patience, James has a lot to say about patience. James chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So right to the end, just be patient. Then he says, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain, you also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Establish, the word establish means, you know, render constant. Keep your, your heart constantly on the Lord and be patient. Farmers, they have to wait for their fruit. 
They have to wait for the vegetables. It's not like, you know, they plant a seed and just, wouldn't that be awesome, though? You plant a seed, wake up in the morning, you've got big crops. That doesn't happen that way. You have to water it. You have to wait. You have to wait for the rains. And you have to, you know, it takes time. And that's how we're to be, to be patient, wait. I love the verse in Isaiah the prophet said, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint, waiting on the Lord, being patient. I'll tell you, we live in a world that's just instant, isn't it? Everything's instant. We want things instantly. Instant text. Then when we send someone an instant text, we want an instant answer, don't we? Do you ever text somebody and you're waiting like, are they mad at me? They're not getting back with me. You know, <laughs> Did I say something wrong? And then you look through your text and say, maybe I messed up. The, and then you read it and it's like, oh, no wonder why they're not getting back with me. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, then you retext it. Or, but we instant, we want instant answers. Everything's instant. We have microwaves so we can have instant meals. Movies on demand right away. Internet, instant information. Photos, instantly. I mean, would, I mean, we can instant, if something happens, we just click, click, video, photos, everything, just on instantly we have it. Everything's so fast. Instant emails. I don't know, are you blown away? I literally, I'll send myself an email and then I'll, I'll I mean, I'll have pictures and stuff and I'll send it and it's, it's there. It's like, we're talking within seconds, it's sent. I'm like, how does, how does that happen? If you call somebody and you say, oh yeah, send that to me. And they, and it's like, 20 minutes later, what's happening? Is something wrong? You know, 20 minutes. I remember the day in business, you know, it's like you'd send something, put it in the mail or whatever, and it's like you have to wait for it to, you know, or you'd wait the fax machine, and then, but now it's just instant. I remember the day we didn't even have answering machines. Do you remember that day? I mean, literally, you'd call somebody up, and if, if they don't answer the phone, you can't leave a message, and you'd call them back later, an hour or two later, oh, they're not home, and you call them back. There's no way you could, you didn't have any, you weren't able to leave any voicemail or nothing. And I believe we were more patient back then. Everything's instant. Yet we're called to be patient people in an instant world. And the only way we can obtain this is by abiding in Jesus. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. We're told that in Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's patience. Against such, there's no law. As we abide in the Spirit, we're able to be more patient. As we are in the flesh, we're not patient. To this day, my wife and I, we, we, just the other day, I'm thinking about being patient, and we went to the grocery store. This happens all the time. We get our groceries, and the first thing I'm doing, I'm looking at the lines. Which is the shortest line? I just want the shortest line. I don't think I've ever gone to the grocery store not even looking at which, which line is shorter. I, I never do that. I, I'm always looking. What is the shortest line? And then, I, and then what we love to do too, we'll split up. She'll go to one line. I'll go to another line. And it's like a contest. Who can guess, you know? And we watch the cashier to see. I'm looking at who goes faster. Sometimes I'll take a longer line if I got a faster cashier lady. And it's like a little game, and we'll go in line, and they'll say, okay, who wins? You know, it's like, oh, you know, then she'll get out of her lane every time. I win all the time. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, but I'm like, really? We're that impatient? 
And I'm yet to change that. I, I mean, it's a fun game that we have, but I really, I get very impatient if I have to stand there and wait and wait and wait in lines. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Patience. Able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Does that describe you? How do you deal with delays and problems? Are you annoyed? Are you anxious? When problems come your way, when delays come your way, are you you patient? Second definition, able to remain calm and not become annoyed when waiting waiting for a long time or when dealing with problems or difficult people. How do you deal with difficult people? How do I deal with difficult people? Are we patient? And the third one, my favorite, patience is a calm endurance based on the certain certain knowledge that God is in control. Do you have that calm, that endurance, realizing God is in control? No matter what happens, God's on the throne and he's in control. A little test. This is a quote from Joni Erickson Tata. She said, the times we find ourselves having to wait on others may be the perfect opportunities to train ourselves to wait on the Lord. Isn't that true? We run into, we find ourselves waiting on people. It might be an opportunity to wait on the Lord, to realize, God, you've allowed this delay. There's been many times when, you know, I have something fixed and planned and it's going to go this way and go this way and there's a delay. And whenever I'm frustrated in the delay, nothing happens and it's just terrible. But whenever I'm just resting in the delay and I'm like, okay, Lord, you've allowed this delay, I'd say almost every time there's a person there that needs to be ministered to. There's a person there that God wants me to meet. There's a person there that that God wants to talk to and there's an opportunity waiting for us. So remember, the next time a delay comes or... Something takes place where there's difficulty. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to wait on the Lord and watch the Lord work. As Christians, we're called to be patient people. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love's not puffed up. Love does not seek its own. I don't know if you remember last week I shared how my wife and I have kind of going through kind of a trial for like six months. And I said that the Lord's doing a deeper work of trust and patience with us. And, and I shared how we're seeing a little, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, some hope, and it's, you know, but the Lord's been giving us peace. My wife told me, she says, please tell them it's nothing. It's not, you know, we don't have any health issues or no problem or like that. Or, you know, we have such peace. God is working it out. But I believe trust and patience go hand in hand. I can be patient as long as I trust the Lord's in control. Remember I, I mentioned last week when I wake up in the middle of the night, I start thinking about the things that are happening and how is this going to work out. I just take a trust pill. It's like, okay, trust. Trust the Lord. Go back to sleep. I've had a few people come up to me since then and say, Pastor Joe, I'm taking the trust pill. I'm like, okay, all right. I had one call me up and says, Pastor Joe, the trust pill's not working. I said, take three and call me in the morning, Okay. He did, literally. Said, I tried taking it. I was up all night, pastors. The trust pills aren't working. I said, you need a stronger dose. You really need to trust the Lord. Just trust him. And we can sleep well. We can have patience. We can have kindness in the midst of any circumstance that we go through if we truly trust that the Lord is in control of our lives. If we trust the fact that, that he's on the throne and everything that comes our way is filtered through his loving hand. Everything. 
Everything that comes your way, it's filtered through the loving hands of Jesus Christ. And you can trust him. And you can have patience. And you can rest. Amen? So as we close out, just abide in Christ. Let's just stay in the spirit. When things come our way to shake us up and to make us impatient, let's just trust the Lord and let's trust that he has everything under control and we can be patient and be still and know that he is God. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.